The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Busy morning with an Apple event today. SEC Chief Gary Gensler on the Hill. Got a new CFO at Goldman. And core CPI up one-tenth in August. Less than expected. Catnip for the transitory camp. Futures are up on that <laughs> news. Our roadmap begins with cooling inflation. CPI data does show inflation less hot than forecast in August. Plus, as Carl said, Apple's also making an emergency iOS fix to close a spyware flaw. And this as the company does prepare to unveil that latest phone lineup later today. And congressional Democrats pushing ahead with some new tax hike plans. Plus, AOC making the message clear last night at the Met Gala. We're going to dive into CPI to start the morning. Um, year on year, 5.3 uh, is in line. Core 4 is a little bit light. Used cars down 1.5 yeah, for the finally, first time, finally. The Mannheim uh, Index, David, which I tell you over and over again is something you have to follow, uh, <laughs> did indicate that there was a slight dip. But, of course, we do not have anything other than Cummins Engine last night saying there's a possibility, Cummins Inc. now, but that there could be an end to the chip shortage at a certain point. I am not finding that to be the case as much as I find it beleaguering. Because uh, I had Abnet, one of the largest wholesalers, said, listen, there's still no end to it. But, David, this CPI number, which I think a lot of people are saying, I don't know, could you find something that's not, not hot, does fly in the face of, of the bearish na- narrative. And I don't have an answer for it other than the fact that numbers... Well, don't forget, don't back in the spring, or I forget when you and I would go back and forth on a daily basis, you were in the transitory camp. Uh, well, look, I, you were. I, I, I'm and not getting sort of moderated that I, a I'm bit. Not, yeah, I did, because you see, everything that I buy is up. So yes. I started thinking, my eyes don't lie. Right. I was going with the lying eyes thing, but you know, that's an Eagles and not just the team that won. Not the Eagles, man. <laughs> not the Eagles. I hate the Eagles. Lebowski reference there. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go, go ahead. ahead. You go ahead. What? Well, I think Bitcoin's going to be at 72,000 <laughs> by, by the time both of us are dead. Well, that would How's be inflationary, that? yeah. Imagine the, imagine the blowback when we're dead right. with 72,000. No, look, I think that this CPI number is not the number I was looking for. How about that? Now, now that I admitted that I was wrong on that, uh, there'll be over 5,000 people on Twitter said, I remember in 1993 when Kramer said that he was happy at home. Well, one read on it this morning is simply that Delta uh, took the wind out of pricing power for hotels yes. and, and autos and that there are still will be cyclical pressures, right, economic right. cycle pressures that the Fed can't take their eyes off of. Yeah, but then you, you get a situation where people again said yesterday was the peak, peak in hospitalizations. How do we know what the peak is when it's not gotten cold yet and when the kids aren't back from school? Good. We don't. We don't. Uh, but back to the inflation discussion for a moment. I mean, it was okay. only yesterday we were talking about a rep- uh, an analyst report about Nike, talking about supply chain disruptions, particularly in Vietnam. Get a second one today. We were talking about 3M, which put out its own sort of concern right. and or about rising costs. Right. So, I, I, you know, I'm not sure how, you, how it all evens out, given today's number. 
Well, again, could that just be transitory? We, we had this issue last week where we thought that uh, airlines would be doing badly because of Delta. And then yesterday we got that airlines might be doing better because of a slowdown in Delta. We've got lots more stories about how vaccinated we are. Uh, look, I just think that in the back, that's what I said to, De- to my colleague uh, Joe Kernan this morning. In the absence of news, I'm, that I am not going to get excited about the market. Not when we go into the four roughest weeks of the year. Four roughest you, weeks. You of have year. been really focused on seasonality. I have to be because there has to be some reason why over a 20-year period, these four weeks have been weak. And I think a lot of it is because people just, they find that there are a little self-fulfilling Maybe David thinks I'm being a little self-fulfilling, meaning that I'm trying to cherry-pick things that are negative because why does it always go down? And it's a little Tolstoy-like. All happy families are the same. All unhappy families are different in their own way. All unhappy sell-offs are different in their own way. Uh, and you continue to believe, and you have a nice list of reasons why, that September will be. He's been watching the show lately, uh, which is intimidating to me. I know. I guess if you didn't get the Jeopardy job, it's just uh, Well, it le- it's leads into Jeopardy by an hour, so, you know, I can right. I can watch you, and well, then I'm there. There is a and guy. And then who, I'm right at Jeopardy. There's a guy who should have taken the Jeopardy job. Me. He plays for Green Bay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, not me. No, not you. Oh. No, you're, you're out. I'm, you're <laughs> hey, out. I'm not out yet. You're, <laughs> I, I'm not out yet. I thought you were out. No, I'm not in, but I'm, I'm not out. <laughs> but anyway, I do think that there are a lot of people who want to say that don't short a dull market. I'm not saying short. I'm just saying that this is historically not a great time. So I'm not, you know, yesterday NASDAQ opened up and everyone got all excited. And then the only thing that was up was a, it's like seven semiconductor companies. Now, today, everyone's excited about a Microsoft call. Now, like, like I'm going to hear from Andy Jassy telling me things are good. We will. <laughs> we are going to hear from Jassy today. You ask, uh, let's ask Jassy about the Giants' performance. He lives or dies by the Giants. First question on, uh, on the Giants? Uh, completely. Okay. Ask about the fumble. Right, not about the 145,000 additional jobs they'll be adding or the yes. 450,000 no. jobs they Well, I would they ask him first about the Giants or... and then about the tax the risk, AOC's. Catch yes. the AOC. We'll, we'll look at. Her, we'll, we'll yes. We'll I was visit, not at the gala this later. year. No, you weren't. Yeah. Nor have I, I ever missed been. you there. Nor have I ever been. Never been myself. Never been. No. You've been to the gala. No, he's What's never been, been to the, been the gala. Met, Metropolitan. No, 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 no. no. Why did you go last night? No, no. I've always wanted to go. You'd look good. You did? You wanted to go? Why not? AOC might have brought you as her date. Yeah. That's highly unlikely. I don't think that that's really in the cards. Make a very handsome couple. Uh, The other big news today uh, in the next hour will be, of course, SEC Chief Gary Gensler in front of Senate Banking. Um, We do have uh, one quote from the testimony. We just don't have enough investor protection in crypto finance, issuing, trading, or lending. Frankly, at this time, it's more like the Wild West or the old world of buyer beware that existed before the security laws were enacted. He wants more transparency on corporate bonds, yes. on crypto. But we remember, and he references it twice, and it, when Roosevelt came in, the philosophy was caveat emptor. And then Roosevelt said, you know what, there's got to be a bargain. We will have deep markets and people can buy, provided that there's transparency about what the companies are saying. So, right. David. What? I mean, I'm, I, I'm communicating with my producer. I'm looking at Gensler's op-ed today well, from the Wall Street Journal. I need you to look at me. I am the captain. Okay. okay. Yeah. I think that when I read what Gensler's saying, he's basically saying, you know what? We literally have an era with crypto, which is pre the 34 Act. We are going to have an opportunity to talk to him tomorrow. We at are? Length, at length. 
uh, something we've been working on for some time and are quite excited about. Obviously, we'll be watching his testimony this morning, but uh, we're going to be able to hit on so many different areas with Ugh. Mr. Gensel. Remember, it's not just crypto, it's SPACs. It's also China, and that uh, gets you to today's uh, op-ed from him, uh, where he talks about Chinese firms need to open their books, talks about uh, the, the uh, Holding Foreign Companies Accountable Act that was passed right. uh, this last year by Congress to prohibit trading and issue a stock of a foreign district, uh, jurisdiction, prevents oversight, the Oversight Board from inspecting the company's audit for three consecutive years and says there could be some real trouble by 2024 in terms of us prohibiting about 270 China-related companies from trading. Do you think he really wants to wait to 2024? Wasn't the tenor of that saying we got to pull that forward? I mean, Carl, we have a we have two markets. We have the market where you can do whatever you want, whether it be crypto, whether it be Chinese offerings. And then we have all these other markets that everyone has to suffer from, from constantly having to disclose things. So I think that the idea that we have two markets is about to come to an end. I know that my colleague has often been saying that Gary Gensler uh, has had a full plate. I think Gary remarkably addresses a lot of the full plate concerns in this testimony. It's going to be really brown, groundbreaking. It will be interesting. I'm looking forward to having him on tomorrow again to go over so many of these different things on that plate. But the question is, what will actually occur? Okay, you can keep writing op-eds, but at some point, you're going to have to actually make a reg, do something. Right. I mean, he, do, he goes on to say he doesn't believe China-related companies currently are providing adequate information about the risks they face. Okay, what are you doing about it? Well, the difficulty I have is, again, there's two issues to the Chinese, and you can see this with wind trading down today, which is a new rule promulgated that may actually hurt uh, how the casinos are, are judged in. This is the so-called nanny state that my colleague Ben Stoto has been talking about, which is that the Communist, Communist Party has suddenly said, hey, you know, gambling's not so great, gaming's not so great. You know, David, if DraftKings were there, it would be a nightmare. Be a nightmare for the people at DraftKings. Yeah. But I, I do think that what we're seeing is that Gensler recognizes, you know, oh, you've got to be kidding me, down eight? Yeah. It's not that bad. So, uh, it, it might also reflect some uh, renewed lockdowns in China. Well, that's a problem. They have one person infected, yeah. 22. you got that same, the Delta variant, which just seems to be able to, uh, we, we are, seem to be very blessed. I, I'm waiting to see the numbers from Sunday's games and Saturday's college games. So far, no spike other than the one that we keep seeing ICU. Look well, at that. Look at that, David. Yeah, look at those. That's look interesting. At those. And, I mean, uh, Goldman took a crack at these uh, corporate vaccine mandates yesterday, how many it might convince or force to get vaccinated. 12 million people, they say. They, they argue by next July, mid-22, you're looking at 90% of adults with a dose. I find when I speak to CEOs behind the scenes, they're really reluctant to do what a couple people have done, Bob Chapek, Disney. If, if they can stay off the hot, red-hot griddle of vaccines, they're going to try to. And so I think that the idea that as much as I felt initially there was a burst of corporate uh, adoption. Yes. I now think that there are CEOs who are just saying, look, I, you know, I'm getting some pushback. I don't want to offend people. It, I think it's a mixed bag. I hear that. But I also still there is that frustration amongst CEOs that they have not been able to get their workforces back in the office right. in any meaningful way. And that here we are in mid-September and now pushing these dates back to January, led by the tech companies. And it, it varies according to industry, but many look at the largest, most important companies, I guess, we have. So when Apple or Alphabet or so many others are saying, ah, it can be next year, 
And by the way, it's going to be hybrid forever anyway. Well, that's why um, people other like, CEOs in other industries sort of feel frustrated right. because their employees are being like, why should I go back when they're not going back? Palo Alto, uniquely, in an analyst meeting that went very well yesterday, uh, re- people are raising numbers furiously because Nikesh Aurora ac- accurately predicted that we'd be in hybrid mode at this point. Hmm. There are a lot of look, other people who did. They all felt that everybody's back. Obviously, we're not. Well, speaking of some of those uh, tech giants, Apple is going to hold that product event in a few hours. Companies expected to unveil the newest iPhone model as well as updates to the watch and some AirPod headsets. It's going to begin at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And as with other recent events uh, at Apple, they will be held virtually. Goldman last night argued they think there's going to be uh, an announcement on installment payment options at zero interest, which would allow consumers to get in on some of the pricier phones. Well, there you go. Buy now, pay later. Look, I think that this whole thing, people who, including my friend Dan Niles, they they act as if Apple is just some sort of a, they have a retail store. Absolutely. Apple is, who is your provider? Who's your provider? T-Mobile, ATT, Verizon. And by the way, this is all over the world. Who buys them and what do you get them? Now, my phone broke yesterday. I think it's very timely. I don't think it's some a vast national conspiracy. But uh, I'm looking at providers and saying, you know what, who can I'm going to shop around as you should, because you the, right now you can get very potentially very good deals in terms of a trade in. But they have to Apple. Those are kind of orders that Apple has a good look at. Right. So I don't think that I, you, they're not just waiting for people to come in the app store. That's what it always seems like. But come into, uh, into an Apple store. no. I mean, you go to the T-Mobile store. That's who you go well, to. Uh, yeah, I've pointed this out. I'm the idiot who actually did go to the Apple store and waited three hours and paid full price God, when I could have just gone to Verizon. You're a first-class I'm idiot. I'm a complete moron when it came to that. That's pathetic. And I didn't get any, yeah. I was not happy about it. Did you get COVID? I thought my son could have figured it out, too. Yeah, well, you, um, younger people seem to know I did not, things. though. That's you didn't get COVID? News. Okay, so it's yeah. 50% win. Yeah. I, I do think that we, when we look at this, there are so many people who always say it's incremental, incremental. And then you get, it's like, holy cow, I can't believe, look at this. I mean, I got this, I got that, I got this. I mean, why do people realize Tim Cook is not a self-promoter? All right, there will be things in that new phone that will dazzle you. So you think, dazzle there'll, you. You think there'll be a surprise today? Or is it just yes. going to be the typical upgrades and the camera and the process? No, there'll be surprise. Good, and the watch will be that, surprised. Well, they're already going to do a $38 billion in, in device sales. Siri, does David favor have any idea what he's talking about? Wearable <laughs> sales. So she's on it. I'm wearing that watch for a long working time. Working on that. Uh, does it well, finally actually make calls for you where you don't need the phone? It does, does right? I well, I have yeah. the phone. I mean, I know it does. But she goes, please check back in a bit. So she's not even sure about whether <laughs> you're checking a total that, idiot right. when you she, bought that. Look, I think that, that the expectations are low. Plus, let's not forget, you had that crazy decision where somehow 9 out of 10 go with Apple and the 10th goes with Epic. And so then the stock goes down $80 billion. Finally, for once, Apple's not coming in hot. No, stock has underperformed all year. Yes, it has. Yes, it has, David. Yes. All right. We'll see if there's actually yeah. something of a surprise later yeah. in terms of new don't features. Or, I don't know. Do you think there's doesn't seem to be the expectation. Apple 13? Hmm. What about Apple 13? Oh, it's the 13. You know, how there's, no, 13. You know there's no uh, 13 floor in the Empire State Building. I know. I they, know. They don't seem to mind. And it's been relatively leak-proof, at least this particular event. It sure we'll is. We'll find out more in a and few in hours. And the Apple 7 watch. I mean, look, if I can get a watch that actually gives me no false positives and blood pressure, I would take that in a nanosecond. I mean, right now, you ever use a cuff to, like, fed your blood pressure? You're, like, trying to figure out my because you have white coat problems. It didn't do a good job What's tracking my swimming. It didn't do a good job. Mm. Did you take a Vastin? 
Uh, cut your blood pressure right there. No, I don't. All right, I'll prescribe. I, I don't. I don't <laughs> have just... high blood pressure. Well, Doctor Kramer, I'm okay. Okay. Thank okay. you. All right. All right. I'm just Does trying to help. Does your watch measure I'm my just blood to pressure? Help is that what you know? My blood pressure's up because of this Chinese Communist government. Anything they touch is a freaking nightmare. Anything, anything, and that's why Gensler's just spot on. That and Coinbase. It's coming on with us tomorrow. Yeah. Why not? But we that's can't, a very big win. We can't wait. I mean, can't get chassis, but we can get Gensler. Got, got Gensler. Uh, take a look at the pre-market. Lots to get to still this morning, including Boeing, as Jim said, upping its long-term forecast. Got that revenue miss at Oracle, M&A at Intuit, and Goldman Sachs with a new CFO. We're back in a moment. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shei, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Steve Scher, the uh, chief financial officer of Goldman Sachs, stepping down from that post at the end of the year. Uh, the company putting out a news release uh, earlier this morning uh, saying he will depart uh, as of January 1 to be replaced by uh, Dennis Coleman, who's been his uh, deputy for some time, a long time uh, a veteran of the firm as well, uh, will take over. Uh, Scher's been in the role for about three years. He's had so many different roles there, of course, a uh, 28-year veteran of Goldman Sachs. You know, listen, you add his name to those of Greg Lemkow, Eric Lane, or a number of other, perhaps less, but certainly senior employees of the firm who have departed over the last year, and some may say, hey, what's going on here? Uh, in the case of Mr. Scherer, you know, what I'm hearing is, is pretty straightforward, um, particularly because we sort of the same generation, you know, your window for right. leaving. Window. Is, uh, is, is, is finite in terms of uh, stock price at a high, when you can actually do it, before there's anything that might come your way that requires a lot of attention and time. Uh, and then your window for your career, frankly, uh, is not open that much longer either in terms of making a jump, doing something new. Uh, and so I think that most likely this should be viewed in that way, uh, Jim. Uh, you know, a guy at a certain age, Having been there for a long period of but time, three years. season Just opportunity. Remember, David Vineyard was, I was, mean, a, was in that job have, for a lot longer. You, yeah, I mean, yeah, this true. was a very stable Although job. Although Chavez didn't have the job for too long no, either, Chavez right? Chavez was not. Yeah. There were in some internal sense that maybe he did not deliver like he should have. Uh, um, but but I, this is a, a case where obviously he's going out, or, so to speak, leaving the firm at, I mean, the stock has never been higher. Things are no. going very well. By the way, what I hear 
anecdotally from so many of the Wall Street firms, particularly investment banks, is they're killing it. Just crushing it. Yeah, they are crushing it. And yet, um, I've never, have you ever talked to a more miserable group of people? <laughs> I mean, holy cow. I mean, honestly, they're like miserable. Their lives are horrible. They're like, you know, when you talk to them, be like, yeah, my life's horrible. But how much did you do last year? No, you don't understand. No, I actually do understand. How'd you do last year? I mean, there is this kind of conflict. I mean, a lot of people also, by the way, not Goldman, they like that New Hampshire's lifestyle where they don't have to come to the office. But the Goldman guys actually went Gotta to the office. Got to every day. Come in every day. They've been there. I mean, Scher's been there by basically every day from the beginning of the pandemic. Him, Waldron, and uh, do you think Solomon. Scher's, do you think Scher's mis- was he was, was he miserable? No, I have no idea. I don't believe that that would be the case. Well, I think he's quite having... proud of his tenure there and what they've I done. He was seemed... very instrumental in the continued building up of their presence in Marcus and and, uh, and that effort. But obviously, they are also the investment banks been killing it. They're sort of private equity like business. The um, recurring flows that they have of. Uh, 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 of captive cash, so right. to speak, is very important. They're trying to get evaluation for that. You can't complain. If for what it's worth, right now at 411 bucks, even though Morgan Stanley right. does no, have a larger market going cap, because it's done in a, gone in going a out of high. A kind of look. Maybe this is just my own sourcing, but a liked guy. A little rough around the edges, but a liked guy. Competent, definitely. Competent. Quite competent. Well, that's great. Competent. That's a real wow. That's a high bar. I, I, I like. Yeah, him. he was okay. I like him. I like him a lot. You do? Yeah, I do. I oh, like him a lot. You, that's two because, right there. Well, two people. If you say something wrong, the commercial will come and then you will be corrected. <laughs> well, even as you guys are talking, the Times has a letter from Senator Warren to Chair Powell asking him to uh, break up Wells Fargo, uh, break off oh, its core you, banking uh, from its other financial services. So we'll keep up. our eye on the banks today. What? What? I, Sharp. I mean, where was that during the period where, I mean, what has Sharp done? What has Charlie Sharp done? What has he done? What? No, I'm saying that he got rid of the board, he got rid of all his senior reports, and now it's not enough? What do they want? What do they want of Sharp? We will get Kramer's Mad Dash and count down to the opening bell, which we'll get in just about seven minutes. Don't go anywhere. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Between that cooler-than-expected CPI print, the Apple event, Gensler on the Hill, Andy Jassy on our air, the California recall, pretty busy Tuesday morning. Futures are close to session highs here as the CPI rolled in, and the opening bell is coming up in about four minutes. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to squeeze in a mad dash here before we get to an opening bell about a minute from now. We mentioned Amazon briefly. Yes. We want to come back to it. Yeah, I mean, Evercore comes out with a note today. This is prelude to Andy Jassy coming on at 11 o'clock, I mean, it runs Amazon, saying that we're just really kind of missing the whole point about the magnitude and meaning of Amazon's logistics expansion. Now, this is right in Jassy's wheelhouse, so it'll really be interesting to hear what he has to say. But they're raising their price target from uh, 4,200 to 4,700. Now, remember, this stock's at 3,457. So they're basically saying, listen, if you want the FANG standout, it's going to be this one. I've always felt that Amazon, uh, same day they're talking about, super same day, I've always felt as, as Amazon goes, often large tech goes. And so I regard this as a very important call. 
and one that you really want to go over with him because what they're saying is they're going to pull away again. And pulling away on same day is something we all really want as customers yeah. and makes me feel that Prime could raise price for that product. It's definitely where the, uh, where the battle is increasingly. There's the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange at the big board, Intrinsic Exchange Group and the NYSE celebrating the launch of natural asset companies, a new asset class of sustainable enterprises at the NASDAQ and Sport Radar, provider of sports betting and sports entertainment celebrating its IPO. Michael Jordan among those ringing the bell. We'll talk to the CEO in a little over an hour. Getting crowded. The space? Crowded space. Yeah, yeah crowded space. And I know that uh, the people at Penn National are talking about how, because of David Portnoy, they don't need to do a lot of uh, advertising, cost, uh, cost of acquisition. But anybody who's watching their emails this weekend, you would see, like, if uh, if Patrick Mahomes gets a half a yard, you get 100 bucks. I mean, you know, there was kind of an absurdity to it. You think if we just keep that shot up, they'll just keep applauding <laughs> the entire time? Probably. Okay. Yeah. It's just funny. It's enthusiasm. It's good. Um, Boeing, Jim, you said didn't really matter today, but they did raise their guide for uh, the return of domestic travel, international travel, wide body, uh, single aisle planes for 2030. Yeah, fleet renewal, sustainability, efficiency, important resilience and travel demand. We've covered that before. We know it comes back. Uh, And then the, the, the whole idea that Planes are just better and better and better. It's something that does matter, but, you know, not to matter today. I, I struggle with anything in this, in this presentation, as much as I like it, that is going to make it so we say, you know what, I want to get in ahead of a quarter. I want to get in about a possible uh, equity offering, David. Yeah. Uh, because maybe people, people feel the longer they go without uh, wide body, the longer they go without Chinese orders, then I don't mean, look, I don't know any special insight that they need to raise money, but uh, it's pretty pretty obvious that they're not getting the orders that I thought they would get by this point. You've not been positive on Boeing, even I, though we do see, you still own it in your charitable trust? Yes, trusts? I do, because uh, I'm taking a longer term view. I'm taking because you basically have nothing five. good to say about this company for well, a long I, look, time. I, it's, well, you see, that has to do with the news flow, which is <laughs> terrible. Okay? Why haven't you just sold the stock? Because I take a longer-term view. Okay. See, when you take a longer-term view, you can be as wrong as you want to. I see. No, I just think that in the end, I think that, will the Chinese uh, just simply not play ball at all? Will all the airlines not have a, a, a just a boom in travel? I know business travel's not come back yet. I happen to think that, that people want to go places. And that they're just waiting for the all-clear. Uh, we are getting some qualitative uh, commentary out of Amex this morning. Uh, yes. They say you saw a very strong July in T&E. Then you saw some softness in August sequentially. I will say that if I look at the early days of September, though, it looks a little bit stronger in the U.S. Look, I, I, By the Steve, way, Amex Steve, is leading the Dow. Steve Squeer, I know that was not Squeer's comments, but Squeer has done a remarkable job. This, you know, this initiative, this small business initiative, David, I know it sounds like just so much draws, but it is real. Their commitment to small business is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's made it so that uh, they have the correct ethos of younger people. Their uh, millennial signups are rather extraordinary for Mercury's press cards. Speaking of small business, what do you got? Uh, have you ever heard of MailChimp? I sure have. It was bought by the same company that bought Credit Karma. It was. Uh, Intuit, $12 billion I know. in cash and stock from yeah. Intuit for MailChimp. 
Uh, it's a company uh, that one uh, is global customer engagement and marketing platform. That's what it is for growing small and mid-market businesses. That is what they say. You can see Intuit shares actually responding positively, at least in the early going here, um, to that deal. But that's a big number. Yeah, it is a big number. Continuously, when it's you think about... It's a very large number. I don't you, know, you know, you, it's private. I don't know all of the, the... So I don't have a lot to measure it on here. Well, remember when Exact Target was bought by by Salesforce, that was a couple billion. People laughed at that, that, he, that people thought that Mark Benioff paid too much, but it turned to be right. a fantastic acquisition. David, I'm signing up to compare plans right now uh, on MailChimp. It's uh, equal part stock and cash. Um, shares of Intuit Common have being valued at 562 a share. So you can see already you're doing a little better if you... Uh, well, the because their acquisitions are brilliant. And then you're and obviously getting cash as well. So This is an amazing company. Look at that chart. Look yep. at what they've done. And remember, this is a period, by the way, which has not been extraordinary for small business. But it's been into it is the way that, that you can cut your raw costs as a small chart. business. In a, well, because, wow. David, they are the answer to not having an accountant on your payroll. They're also the answer, by the way, when the IRS knocks. It's like, wait, well, here, here's the numbers. Into uh, its incredible company. Well, they, uh, and they it's have an used acquisition, company. as you point out, to grow. Going to take on between four and a half and five billion in additional debt as well to pay the cash portion of the consideration here again. Twelve billion dollars for Mailchimp. That's a rich monkey. Well, I remember when they bought Credit Karma. I said, "Are you kidding me?" Like Karma, but it turned out to be something. People like to check credit scores, and they like to check where their house is in Zillow. I have friends who check their credit score like. You know, like I haven't checked my credit score in the last and half hour. And they check hour. their house on Zillow what, to make sure it's still there? What are they checking their house on no, Zillow? Is that what you do with all yours? You just you can do an aerial view? to you really, you really hit me on that, don't you? Yes, I do. So can't own stocks, yes, so we I own do. houses. I don't know how Elizabeth, yeah, Warren, good. how Elizabeth Warren feels about it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I've had my... I have a very good relationship you with do? Senator Warren. Does I she do. know how many homes you own, though? Well, I, you know, she hasn't... That's not been the subject of the conference. I'd be, be dealing more with the I substance. I think she may want to break you up, make you divest. If not her, then AOC. Yeah. Well, what she'd have to do is have me get divorced from my wife. That would be the breakup. Well, I, she may have the power to do that. Who knows, you know? <laughs> or maybe Fed Chair Powell. <laughs> She's no, going to write a no, letter. Jay Powell is not, he's not in favor of those things. But MailChimp is one of those things where I just said, you know what? I'm giving into it the benefit of the doubt because everything that they've done. By the way, think about how the luck they had. H&R Block did brick oh, and Will you look at that? There is, there is AOC in yeah. her dress. Megan Fox is like, uh, what's on your dress? If it, yeah. I, I don't know. Do they have in Texas, do they have cut the taxes for the rich dresses? I don't know. Tennessee? I don't know. I mean. How about Florida? I, I just all those jobs at Come Amazon here. would have. Oh, you Although, did you hear the comments from Eric Adams yesterday? Can't. Yes. No. About yes. his approach to business in New York City. Going to be a lot friendlier, he said. It would, be a, would it be a pivot from the de Blasio administration? Yes. Which, which, which was not, has not been friendly to business. And, but you got that. of course, this is a, a federal uh, official, uh, not local, but she has also been I've never interviewed fairly hostile. Her. I don't know if you guys to, have uh, interviewed her. I mean, I've, to growth I've invited her to this and show, business here in the New York City area. I think that that. No, I'd love to have her on the show. Would, would have been great to have had her. Let's make that during happen. During the uh, Maelstrom around the Amazon headquarters in Queens in particular, because she certainly was one of the key opponents. Just big following. Very large. You, you were mentioning uh, cloud a moment ago. Oracle, that revenue miss, Jim, was interesting. They blamed uh, Forex for the top line miss. Right. Um, yeah, look, that. I, w- I want to urge people to read an Oracle conference call because 
uh, Larry Ellison, founder, comes on and basically starts by saying, look, let me just explain something to you. We are bigger and more better than uh, almost everybody other than Amazon and Microsoft. We're well ahead of Google. And then there'd be a few comments about how a bunch of everybody else is idiots. And then he comes back and says, did I tell you that we are bigger than Google? We're not as big. I mean, the, the conference call was, it, it was strange. So then I think people were completely intimidated by Ellison because no matter what happens, I mean, here's the stocks down three. They're all congratulating him. The, he, he manages by intimidation mm, of the analysts. This Chevron. I can't believe you had this. I was working on this myself. Well, you're always you looking over at my stuff. Well, I like to front run you. Yeah, I know you do. It's legal in this business. It is. I can Mike look at Worth, your stuff, too. Mike Worth is... Well, you I, want to talk about Chevron? Let's talk about it. Stock's not doing too much, but well, they yeah, do... Well, because nobody knows uh, what you just are well, going to... Well, no, it's in a press release, Jim. Uh, Chevron accelerates Well, there was a press lower. release from Walmart yesterday. That didn't yeah, tell me anything. No, that was... That was our, my bad there. For, no, it's all, okay. For I, not I, being able to identify I, I a fake you, press release. It's okay. When we obviously had doubts about what the heck they were talking about. Hey, wait. Um, but here we're talking about Chevron. This is not a fake press release. They're accelerating their lower carbon, uh, lower carbon ambitions. The key point here, guys, is they're going to invest, they say, more than $10 billion between now and 2028. That's $2 billion as well to lower carbon intensity of their operations. And that does triple uh, the company's previous guidance of $3 billion. So they go from an expectation of spending $3 billion over, let's call it, the next seven years, six and a half years, to $10 billion. Obviously, still a lot less percentage-wise than they spend on getting oil out of the ground. Right, but don't but you it think... it is a significant reflection of the focus well, of uh, both Chevron and, of course, we have Exxon on the other side as well. David, uh, Not on the other happened? side as well, uh, focusing on is these efforts. Is perhaps an insurance program? In other words... Maybe a policy taken out against what happened to Darren Woods with Engine Possible. One. I, listen, yeah, I don't draw that much into those reports about Engine One. I think they have, uh, it, with Chevron, I think they've met with many different oil companies. Well, Mike, Mike um, Worth has been well ahead of many of the other people. Unclear where that effort, if any, goes. But yes, although Worth has been going down this road for, for some time. Yeah. But this is a pretty significant increase. No, it is. I'm glad you mentioned it because I think a lot of people are very... Uh, Skeptical, Carl, about the idea that, well, wait a second, one of the largest carbon companies wants to be carbon neutral, but there are companies that are doing amazing things with carbon dioxide, uh, putting it back in the ground or coming carbon negative, some of the oil companies. And I think that some of the the I used to think these guys were uninvestable. They got the message, not from me, because that would be saying that my head is even bigger than yours. Uh, but what what Oh, I'm sorry. But what I do say is, is that when I look at these companies, they are concerned, and it may not be engine one, they actually may care about the well, environment. And as, as we've said many times, though, the amount of potential capital that is available to them continued to shrink for some time. That's not, you know, that's not going the right way. Well, and, that's, and that's why uh, so many uh, commodity strategists have long-term views that are, you're going to be looking at supply crunches because of the pressures from ESG. Right. Look at look at where it's 71 today on crude, and it's as Nicholas gas. is running into Houston this morning. Natural gas is, uh, I don't think you can stop at 5.6. I think you can go much higher. I have uh, Tellurian on tonight, uh, Sharif Suki, chairman, and I just see uh, whether it be the charts, whether it be the supply problems, whether it be the arbitrage between wow. what you're getting for it in Europe and Southeast Asia versus us. Uh, it just makes no sense to sell here. That's you sell it for 16 bucks overseas. That's going to make the price. There's a good chart, huh? Yeah, that is. By the way, speaking of, uh, of ways to power things other than with fossil fuels, um, Morgan Stanley on Lucid, you see that? That's Adam Jonas initiating like coverage Adam. of a lot of different stocks, or at least a few. But on Lucid, 
because, you know, we have been focused on that. The stock's down about 2.5%. Here's what he had to say. Uh, at a $31 billion valuation, uh, the stock market appears to be ascribing an unusually high probability of scenarios where Lucid achieves very high market share, margins, or both. Where do we shake out? Well, we think Lucid can occupy a sustainable niche place in a difficult market. But at this stage, we see many opticals le- obstacles excuse me, left to hang with more established EV titans and grow into its Well, Adam, been one of the more, most successful SPACs out there, of course, has Lucid. Right. Adam's done the best work, I think, on uh, the need to have batteries that are effective and also just, frankly, a possibility of a battery shortage. I know this is something that Ford's focused on. Remember, Ford wants to go all electric, and you see there, uh, you can plug in your F-150, and it can power a tremendous number of things, but you've got to have enough batteries to be able to meet the demand. I don't think Ford does right now. How about it's not just semiconductors. Uh, and then, of course, there's the hires from uh, Lowe's yesterday, right, uh, on the Ford front, and Apple, trying to bolster their uh, EV development program. No, and I think that Apple was kind of reacting somewhat to, well, that Doug Field coup, that when he went to Doug Field left, leaving Apple, Apple go to, to go Ford. to Ford. I think a lot. There's a lot of excitement at Ford right now about the new lineup. And look, we all watch the commercials. Who those of us who watch football, and you just kind of figure out it's not just the Super Bowl. Who's got things going? And I found that the Ford story narrative is a little exciting. The Mustang. F-150 electric. It's a little more exciting than most of the narratives. They got that guy who talks in a very low voice. About oh, that Chevy truck. Oh, that's that Chevy. Is yeah, that Chevy? Chevy? That's not Ford? A Chevy truck. No. Chevy. No. The Ford guy talks like a regular guy. Oh, I'm sorry. I got confused. We were mentioning China a while ago, uh, and Kathy Wood actually talked about oh. what it would take for her to have her interest in Chinese equities renewed. This was at the SALT conference yesterday. Take a listen. What we did in the series of moves recently around China, we have taken our position right. down significantly, but stayed with a few of what the low margin What would it take for you to turn? Uh, they to invest need, more? They, what would you need to see? What would I need to see? Uh, I, I think it would be Xi Jinping uh, saying, you know, whoops, we made a mistake, we're open for business. I don't think he'll do that. Uh, so I don't think we'll be hugely involved with China. Sort of a reflection of what's uh, her distaste uh, for Chinese names. By the way, uh, still very active in uh, crypto and Ether in particular. Yes, um, yeah, I'm, I'm an Ethereum guy, uh, just because I think it's going to be more easily used. Uh, what happened yesterday, I had Mark Bristow on last night. Dr. Mark Bristow is the CEO of Barrick. Yes. And again, we often compare uh, gold as a store of value versus a uh, crypto. And Mark's taking a longer term view more than, say, 10 years say, in 10,000 years, and gold seems to have held its value to some degree, but people are very getting a little upset that gold hasn't soared in an era where we all feel gold. that inflation... Gold is down 6% for the year. I know. How do you like that? But I like... What, roughly. I'm taking a, looking at the GLD, I shouldn't say. That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But Kathy Wood, I mean, when you take a look at uh, what, was, what did come out of the Chinese last night with the idea that maybe Macau should be diversifying away from gaming, well, that's like... Vegas should be a little more like, uh, I don't know, they should take up manufacturing semiconductors. No. I mean, the idea of Macau is gaming. So if you're going to make it less dependent on gaming, that means you're probably going to hurt gaming, not boost all sorts of other businesses. We look at this. Yeah. Every day we come in and people yeah, so say, you know what, they're done. They're done. Oh, today it was the, the civilized Internet. That's what their goal is, a civilized Internet in which they will regulate the flow of content and information distribution. 
Well, I mean, look, uh, we'll I like the words. We'll we'll the internet sounds We could good. use a little bit of that, we I guess. Should, but we certainly could use a little well, more I, stability. Yeah, but, but you can't police things. No, so. and I yeah. do think that anybody who's in... in my, wife was, my wife was in China for 18 hours uh, two years ago. Burnerville. Right? Yeah, Burner. It's yeah, like the wire. Yes, you have to take your burner China. phone. Yes. Burner. Yes. Right? Don't you presume? I mean, did. I mean, I was speaking to my stepson. He was in, he happened to have, he was, uh, he, he was camel surfing. You know, you find, surf behind him in Mongolia, he hurt his shoulder. And I said, like, look, I don't know if I trust the doctors. <laughs> trust the doctors. You trust the doctors. That's like, you know, hey, just a second. That's like hospital for special surgery up there in Mongolia. That's what you, they want you to say. I, I remember right? that. They want you to say that. I remember that. HSS. Uh, we do we have the Dow up 82. VIX is back below 19. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Morning, guys. Uh, happy Tuesday. Uh, the CPI is the big story. Weaker than expected. That is undercutting the uh, inflation hawk argument a little bit. And that was good for 20 points uh, at 830 Eastern time on the S&P 500. We're off of the highs right now, uh, but still to the upside. Take a look at the sector leaders. And they've been the leaders uh, throughout the month, really. Uh, energy and semiconductors are two of the big market leaders. It hasn't been a huge uh, outperformance from a lot of sectors this month, but consumer discretionary up Healthcare banks have been weak, essentially sideways to down for many, many months now. They've not been a leadership group for a long time. A lot of people complain so far we've been a kind of a trendless market. That's not quite true. The S&P is down about 1%. There have been a few modest outperformers, but not many. Most of them are in the tech space. So if you look here, technology uh, sectors like semiconductors have been strong recently. Cloud technology has been doing well. Energy uh, in the cyclical group has been the one big outperformer among cyclicals. NASDAQ 100, uh, flattish. Remember, the S&P is down about 1%. More interesting is the downside trends that we've seen. So pharmaceuticals have been down. You've heard about these concerns about the government getting involved again uh, in potentially uh, uh, Medicare and pricing drugs there. That's been an issue. That's hurt them. Home construction uh, down on lot higher labor and material costs. Retail down on the reopening story, softening a little bit as are industrials uh, and transportation. So more interesting what's happening on, the, on that side of things. But again, not a big, big decline overall. Uh, not trend this is the IPO market. Keeping track of this every day. The calendar's filling up. We told you a couple of weeks ago about names that were potentially out there, but not. we don't have them on a calendar. We're starting to get calendars filling up. So this week, we'll get on holding uh, down here. That's a big shoe and apparel company from Switzerland. That'll be at the NYSE ThoughtWorks. Holding will be at the NASDAQ, big digital consulting group. Uh, next week, uh, Toast should be coming as well. Digital payments, uh, a.k.a. brands. Uh, that's out there. Uh, that's a, a, a big uh, a fashion uh, retailer uh, that's out. And the week after that, uh, Warby Parker in a direct listing will be down here at the New York Stock Exchange. This calendar is going to fill up. I anticipate in the next week, I'll have a lot more of the big names, particularly some of those big consumer names that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Finally, Gensler is testifying today and, of course, in the Senate Banking Committee. And it's very clear there's three main uh, policy initiatives uh, that he's pushing, that he's going to emphasize. Uh, the first one is, of course, on market structure and on payment for order flow. Uh, it's, he's made it very, very clear that he is basically uh, hostile to payment for order flow and excessive concentration, as he calls it, of market players. There's really two that we're talking about. That is Citadel and Virtu. We'll hear what they have to say later on. He also is talking a lot about predictive analytics. This is a fancy uh, statistical term, but it really refers to the gamification of Trading. He's made it very clear uh, that he's concerned about gamification of trading uh, and has made it clear that uh, he, he thinks they pose as conflicts of interest for the broker since they're designed 
to optimize trading, he believes, and revenue and data collection. And he thinks there's a conflict of interest. Uh, and uh, he's been very vocal about that. Finally, on crypto, and this is probably going to be the most controversial, last week he really surprised a lot of people by essentially indicating that Coinbase's lending program might be a security. Uh, and it, the move here indicates that he is considering most crypto assets a security at this point, and he's bringing all these assets. He wants to bring them within the purview of the SEC. So he's essentially taking a step back here. He's attempting to seize regulatory control over a very large swath of crypto assets. And, you know, Carl, he, I, I think what's going on here is he's made it clear he believes it's necessary to get clarity on the regulatory front before he moves ahead with anything else in the crypto space. And that includes the much-awaited, long-awaited crypto ETF, the Bitcoin ETF that's out there. I don't think you're going to see anything until we clarify exactly what kind of regulatory control the SEC has over these. Uh, so we'll be monitoring Gensler. He'll be here tomorrow at 9 o'clock Eastern time. And by the way, 3 p.m. today at Eastern time, Doug Sifu, the head of Virtu, will have him on closing bell to get his response to Gensler's comments this morning's. Carl, back. All right. Tomorrow will be a busy morning. We can't yeah. wait for that, Bob. Thank you, uh, Bob Pisani. As we go to break, let's get a look at the bond report, see how Treasuries are faring this morning as we did get that cooler than expected uh, CPI number. Uh, Ten-year just south of 132. Dow's up 66. And once again, typical morning, we uh, got a nice pop at the open. We'll see if and when it fades. Be right back. Winner and new cybersecurity champion Nikesh Aurora will be on today, fresh off an analyst day, and then Sharif Suki, who is the man who predicted that natural gas could go through the roof, and it is. There we go. We'll see you tonight. I can't wait to see Amazon. Yes. Tell him I said hi. Uh, <laughs> tell we'll him I'll see him at the. Uh, tell, tell him I won't see him in the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, Dow has gone red. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.